after doing this for a couple, you know, yeah, a couple years now, a couple years now, <laughs> has it really been, you know, that amazes me because it all started what I guess we were introduced at the end of 2019. Is yes. Yeah. yeah. By, by Jenny Midgley. Yep. Shout out to Jenny Midgley um, on that one. She's a, she's a good, uh, she's a good soul connector. Yeah, she is. She yeah. Is. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had that first conversation it was around the holidays mm-hmm. and then we had such a good time. We decided let's do more conversations. So I guess it wasn't until February that we decided to go live. Is that right? To, to, to come in this place and play. <laughs> Yeah, that we decided to, we were going to like have our conversations in eavesdrop mode. Yes, yes. Ooh, amazing how, you know, I think there's a testament to, to doing something, just, just doing it, doing it and, yeah, and, and coming in and not, not giving excuses, starting without knowing right and you kind of know the framework but you're just starting uh and then it, it it morphs into this and who knows where it's gonna go red chairs right that's it that's it well you know i mean i think i i love that you said that because we really are in a time where a lot of people are leaping off cliffs you know not literally hopefully not um <laughs> You know, but I mean, taking those risks in their lives that, you know, they might have been sitting on the fence for a little while on, you know, considering like, should I do this? Do I have enough capital? Do I have enough time? Do I, you know, like are all my ducks in a row? And, you know, and if, 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 you know, this quarantine or, or, you know, again, we need to stop. I need to stop. We don't, we don't need to do anything. I, I need to stop calling it quarantine because it, it, it's been a great reset. I think Mm -hmm. it isn't just about one thing, right? It isn't about quarantine or COVID or the changing of the guard or that, you know, whatever we want to call it period wise, you know, it has really been a wonderful, my client said this morning of reset, you know, Mm -hmm. it's this, it's, it's this ability to step back. But one of the things, you know, has been, it's like, well, life is too short. I mean, unfortunately through some losses that some people have had, they're like, you know, I got to do this now, you know, mm-hmm. I've got life now. So, and I want to do this now. So I'm going to do this now. So that whole thing to just, you know, Nike, I always believe that that Nike slogan, just do it. Uh-huh. I remember the first time seeing, <laughs> I don't know if I heard it or saw it first, but I just thought, oh, they, they got it. They got it. <laughs> they they got it. it. They nailed that one. Um, <laughs> so Ah, we got we got some eavesdroppers on. Uh, yeah. We had Bill. Bill was on. Bill told ah. me last week, man, I can't, I don't think I'm gonna make it because I'm taking my daughter to Queens College, I think, for uh, a college visit. But hey, you made it, Bill. You, Bill. You. I I have to come out to hand deliver this to you from last week. Who knows? I may feel. I may feel, you know, kind of generous to give another one, but who knows? <laughs> like you just, I, what you got? I thought you oh, ordered oh, oh, Do you want to know how many I got? I did receive another one in the mail from, from a good friend. I have, we can Aww. play cards now. Which one do you have? Okay. Bam, I hit you with a, with a looking in and I, I hit you with another one. But no, thank you. I received my 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 book, Tracy, and uh, can I share? Absolutely. Okay, Walwyn, your support, friendship, and believing me means the world. I hope you find real value in what you read. And I, I didn't I didn't read these because I didn't want to put an increase in them. You know, for, to I know how that goes. Gifts. I was like yeah. signing them. I was like, I don't want to crease them. I'm Correct. <laughs> So I, I'm going to hit you up, um, Bill, with yours, but I'm going Aww. to sit and read. This looks like an easy read. I love the size. I love how, you know, you can flip it. My teacher told me when you're reading books like this, you know, you, you do like this to hold that's them. Right. You know? That's right. So you just go in. So I'm, I'm looking forward, but moreover, what comes with this? Does this only come with the one personalized from you? Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's... so check this out, y'all. Check this out. Um, so it's uh uh 
I'm going to read it and you'll guess what it is. When I saw it first, I said, hmm, she sent me a mouse, something to put my mouse, mouse pad. <laughs> like, okay, this looks kind of cool. But then I open it, I go, oh, it is um, the jar opener, you know, and some, something stuck and you come in and assist you to get more grip on it and you open it, right? When you're stuck and need to open to your greatest potential, leading your life powerfully tastes so much better. Tracy Phillips, leadership and performance coach, the innate coach. This is such a beautiful, thoughtful marketing thingy. Really appreciate it. When I got it, I was like, ah, I'm not going to tell her. I got it. I'm going to surprise her on the show. Uh, so thank you so much for it. And to those uh, of you who would want, you know, one of those, if I don't gift it to you, go over to Amazon and look at looking in. You'll see it. You'll go pick it up. I would love for them to do that. You know, the one thing I love when you, because I told you this, when you order on Amazon, that that means you can also leave uh, leave some Be thoughts back. about it, correct, right? So correct. only people who order on Amazon can leave a testimonial or or a recommendation mm. um, on the book, and so that that does give that opportunity. Which you know, but it was really helpful because I, you know, I was talking to my dad this weekend. So thank you for uh, <laughs> sharing those welcome. things. Hey. That jar opener. I have to say, I have to tell the side story on that because. I was talking, so shout out to Randy Bernstein, who is uh, is a friend and colleague. Um, he actually is in the promotional product, uh, okay. you know, arena and really does it so well. He's done my business cards and he did those those jar openers. And so I went to, to Randy and I said, okay, Randy, you know, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I'm an executive coach. Everybody does pens. Everybody does mugs. Every, I mean, not no slight on anybody who's doing pens and mugs. I don't want you to like, feel offended. But, you know, I, I wanted something unique. I mean, that's yeah. me too. I wanted something unique. And I said, you know, there's this thing I got at that point. I was thinking it was two years ago. It was a jar opener from somebody else. It was like a bank or something like that. Mm -hmm. I use that thing so much. Like I, I was like, this is the most usable tool in my household, I Correct. think, when it, you know. Correct. And, uh, and, and he goes, well, you know, we can find some good ones. I said, you know, I'd want it in my colors and all that. And then I thought, well, you know, people are going to be like, okay, cool. But what does that have to do with what you do? Correct. Right. Correct. So that's where I came up with that whole, you know, if you feel stuck in life and you want to open yourself up and, uh, and cause again, I, you know, I want to give what I found benefit in, like what's been valuable to me, you know, again, as a gift to hopefully it's valuable to other people, but mm. then also make that connection. So, but Correct. what I was saying is I talked to my dad this weekend and he actually read the book. He got his copy and, okay. and sat down and read it. And my father, you know, over the years has been one of my greatest connectors to great literature. Mm. I remember starting very young, you know, he would recommend books uh, or he would give me books for, you know, my birthday or special holidays or whatever. And even in college, you know, he would get all excited and call me and go, Tracy, I just read this book. I think oh, you wow. love it. And so, you know, books have always been kind of a, a love language between my dad and I, you know, mm -hmm. ways that he was raised kind of more of the, 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 not stoic in the sense of like closed, you know, tight lipped, but just, you know, didn't always express his emotions. Mm -hmm. And yet I could get a lot from his thoughts and feelings through the books he recommended. Um, and so again, it was like a love language and, and my dad is, is a very, you know, he's an intellectual, um, he has a lot of intellectual curiosity. Mm -hmm. He's interested in a lot of things and he's always read, you know, and, and, and learned from the world and shared and passed that on. And so it was very touching to me when he, uh, you know, he came back and said, yeah, T and he calls me T, you know, I, I read your book and he said, it's very good. It's very well written. And I think any child, you know, seeks that validation from a parent, Yes, you know, but knowing the level at which my father values language and values mm -hmm. good, good authorship, it really hit home. You know, it really hit home how valuable, you know, this, this is. And, and he went on to say, you know, I think the timeliness is, is really spot on. You know, Correct. I think that this is something that people really need, whether they're in leadership or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and he went on to pass it on and some of his friends, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to read it. I'm going to get it. And so, you know, word of mouth is the best yes. thing. You yes. know, grassroots is where everything usually starts. Starts. Mm. at some level. So, you know, anyway, I'm sharing all that because it really meant a lot to me. So dad, if you're listening and thank you, <laughs> yeah, thank you yeah. for your words. They meant a lot. 
So would you say, so before I go, I have a question for you, mm -hmm. um, but I need to bring in a couple people. Bill goes, I'm going to hang in here, Bill Irwin. Hang on as long as I can. Come on, hang on, Bill. You can do it. You, you can, can do it. <laughs> you know, as if you're, if you're trying to go to another meeting, good. But if you're driving, you can put us on in your on your mobile device, put it on your Bluetooth. Don't look at us, but you can just listen, you know, listen and drive, right? Uh, nice. So we have Roy. Roy goes, hey, I love jar openers. Uh, <laughs> it's a usable tool. And then Bill Irwin goes, get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that is what I that's actually I think Randy said that he goes well you could say something like get a grip <laughs> and, 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 and Roy goes hey how innovative to include the message but you know we we didn't okay Bill it's another meeting I see it you you can you can put us on hashtag replay but I, <laughs> I was I, I know I was going to ask um your love for language, would you think that your dad played a, a huge part in it for you flowing? My grandmother. Your grandma. My, my grandmother, his mother, actually. Paternal, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, paternal, paternal grandmother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually played a very big role. You know, language was very important to her. Um, you know, genealogy was important to her. You know, so the derivative, you know, the gotcha. derivation of things ah. was important to her. And she definitely instilled that in me, you know, is where do things come from? Mm -hmm. You know, the meaning of things and where they originated. And knowing that you carry the honor of that, like when you, you know, we, we tend to just, we, you and I have talked about this, mm -hmm. throw things around and not think about about, you know, not only what we're saying, but even how we're acting, you know, we're not as intentional as we could be. And there was a lot of intentionality that went into, you know, I think what I learned from that side of the family specifically, mm. um, yeah. from my mother's side, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of love and a lot of creativity and a lot of open, generous, you know, giving and, and being, and, and, and from my father's side, there was this, you know, more, I want to say serious, but, you know, in some cases it did come across as that, but, you know, more, more thoughtful, mm -hmm. I guess that's the best way of putting it more thoughtful. Mm -hmm. That's where my, I think my reverence side comes from. Correct. I mean, I think it's innate, but I think it was also, it was also supported and, and helped along by the fact that, you know, there was a lot of thoughtfulness that was kind of expected Correct. Um, you know, from that side of the family. And so I'm really grateful, you know, and it is really, I, I do think it's important for us to think, you know, I was talking to a client yesterday and she was sharing with me, you know, kind of this aha that she had come to around, you know, spending so much of her life being, you know, so concerned uh, and quiet, you know, mm -hmm. because she was so concerned of other people's needs, you know, so everything was for other people, which, you know, that's a story that a lot of people play. But I said, well, let's flip the script on that narrative and let's look at what you gained from being an observer. Do you mm -hmm. think there's value in how good you've gotten at observing and what you observe because you're so observant, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That you see that other people don't. Yes. And where could your valuable voice be a message for what you're observing that could be beneficial for people who are not taking the time to be as intentional, thoughtful, and observant? Yeah. And she was like, because it just changed that entire, it changed the trajectory of where that storyline was going. Because a lot of it was like, oh, why did it take me this many years to figure this? And it's like, mm. yes, but what were you gaining during that time that you were being quiet and not speaking up you were mm. you were you were sharpening your saw or sharpening your axe you know on this this observancy right piece that is really mm. valuable so you know i think it is important to go back and look at the value of what we've gained in the various areas within our lives true you know as you were you were speaking about you know your grandma paternal and a couple of things i want to bring to light you saying reverence came from dad uh, you know, derivatives, et cetera, came from dad's side. Doesn't mean that reverence wasn't in mom's side. It's just that no. that thing was more, it was more, it was more in the spot. Pronounced. Yeah, more mm -hmm. pronounced in there. So on, on my end, I think my, my love for storytelling and, and just speaking and, and giving and being observant comes from my 
paternal grandfather. So to mm. all of you listening, some of you who would who would listen in, in replay, it is so important to, to have grandparents around because that the you are so involved in the the things that are under your noses, you know, eat, do homework, etc. Grandmom, grandparents, granddad, they are there to just give the love and support and 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 build the innate things that that are within your kids so that to allow them to explore so my grandfather for one i'll tell you a quick story again told you stories <laughs> uh he we were watching the black and white tv uh in liberia we had bonanza i don't know if you remember oh, the yeah. show bonanza right so bonanza mm-hmm. comes on and it's it's eight eight thirty and bonanza is a 30 minute thing and granddad was it 30 or one hour um i don't anyway, remember i know anyway granddad will go to bed as soon as it starts, it, he would wake up in the morning, whoa, and come and tell me. And I'm like, yeah, uh, Bonanza got the bad guys and the bad guys, he, you know, put gun, put gun point. And he said, for 30 minutes, that's what happened? I'm like, yeah, he's like, Mm-mm, come back again. So the next time I will watch it, I will come back and say, Bonanza uh, got on his horse. When he got on his horse, he galloped to a place where he cut the bad guys. He's like, that happened in 30 minutes? Then I said, what do you want me to tell you? He said, gotta narrate the story. And then I started to watch for two. And that's what I do for, that's what I've been doing my entire life, just watching for two and I'm recording, I'm recording and I can tell the story and it turned out to be Bonanza, granddad, what time did you go to bed? He said, well, I went to bed when he got on his horse. I said, okay, there. I said, when he got on his horse, he started to gallop. <laughs> Sound effects and, and all. And, and when he went, he looked left. When he looked left, he saw the guys and he touched over the horse and he started to go faster and faster. And then my granddad, all of a sudden, he's immersed in it and he's going. And I, I could see him going and that's connecting with the crowd. Yeah. When you go and speak, you have to yeah. speak their language so they are connecting with you. And we do, I just did a, I emceed my niece's wedding this weekend Aww. in St. Augustine's, Florida, you know, shout out Aww. to um, Cameron and Brittany. And it was my best emceeing, you know, my son looked at me and said, well, you did, you, you did well, dad, because yeah. it was involving the crowd. It was having, talking, talking directly to someone and them replying and then talking to another, another person way on the other side of the hall and they, and bringing them in to the conversation thank god for grandparents you know so as you are excuse me as you are living as you're you 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 have the the privilege of having your parents around come on bring bring your parents around spend some time with them with your so your kids can spend time with them valuable time in my, my time with my grandfather oh my goodness he was the love of my life um the everything that i know everything that i mean giving props to my parents but who he was and and i saw it i didn't understand it but the fact that he and i slept on the same bed because he was about four feet six maybe or four eight but that power in him he could stand up to presidents he could stand up to to world leaders and say what have his say and if he didn't have his, when he had his say, they put him in prison so many times and he didn't care, right? So, so and he wrote a lot. So, so all of those things, I, I feel them, I know they're in me from just touching and rubbing him, you know, during, yeah. during those times. But, you know, shout out to Aww. grandparents. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you shared that. And I think I'm seeing, I'm kind of seeing how this conversation is shaping itself, you know, as, as they always do, they shape themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't shape these conversations. <laughs> we go with the flow of the river of the conversation. Yeah. You know, it is, I, I really believe it. It is a, a look back, you know, and a, and a gratitude at that, right. In, in where we've come from, you know, mm-hmm. and whether you have grandparents in your life or, or whether that 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 piece right of what what would be a grandparent 
is a friend or, right. you know, even a, even a really um, impactful situation that you've gone through in life that, that, you know, was there to kind of, I mean, grandparents can also be a challenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as much as my grandmother uh, was, it was there to really instill in me, you know, this reverence for words and, and derivative, you know, derivations and everything. <laughs> she was, she was a big challenge in my life as well. Oh, oh. And so, you know, looking Yes. Like she was both, you know, very, very positively influential and not so positively influential. Agree. But I think at the same time, you know, I have deep gratitude for that because we don't build resilience during times of comfort. Baby. We build resiliency during times of challenge. And where we can look at that challenge as an, an advocate for our resilience, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the, the things that I'm always, you know, looking at is, okay, this is really challenging, really painful, really difficult, whatever you want to call it. It is an advocate for my real resiliency. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So no matter how I'm feeling and my discomfort at the moment around this challenge, you know, giving it that story of building my resiliency mm. helps me put it into perspective, right? It helps me find a, the role that it's playing as opposed to there was no reason for this. I suffered for nothing. There is nothing worse than feeling like you're suffering for nothing. Yes. If you are giving yourself the story that you're suffering for nothing, then whoa, yeah, you are in a sorry place. Like you are gonna be in a very difficult place because we don't wanna ever feel like anything's for nothing. It's just human nature not to feel like anything's a waste. Mm -hmm. Right. Even as small children, like my daughter was saying something about something. And my husband says, well, just, you know, give it to the chickens. And she's like, oh, no, that's a waste. I'll put it away and eat it later or whatever, you, you know, go. and, you and we, we don't inherently like to waste things. Right. So why waste our story on something that is wasting it? You know, mm. that, that mm. is saying it's for nothing. Mm. You know, I'm going through this for no, we don't go through anything for nothing. Yeah. There's always yeah. a reason we just get to find it. Correct. Correct. You know, you, you, we are looking back, huh? So my, we are looking back. So yeah. ba Barbara Milken, you must be a first timer. How are Barbara? you? Barbara. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Welcome. welcome. Holy cow. Welcome, long time. Welcome. Um, Roy goes challenges are good for many reasons. And you know, Roy, just what you said, it's me looking back now. I put a, a post on LinkedIn and in Facebook, uh, an associate professor in the chemistry department sent me a LinkedIn message about uh, a professor emeritus who passed away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I saw the name Raymond FX Williams, and I was like, I know that, I know that. And me and a person who sent it, we're not friends on Facebook. Interesting. Very interesting. But he reaches out to me and says, he sends me an obituary and I go, what, what is this obituary? And I clicked and I go, Dr. Williams, I still remember, came to the US September 1st, 1995. And September 3rd, school began. Now wow. imagine that cultural shock, et cetera, right? So the <laughs> challenge, the challenge and change. And I entered this man's lecture hall and he's lecturing chemistry, gave me physics, gave me calculus. I'm good, but chemistry just wasn't it for me. And I'm looking at him, first grade, I think it was a D, next one C, next one F. Uh, my midterms, you know, it's going fast. Midterms, it's, it's almost done. I go, wow, what can I do? So in Africa, if you go to the teacher to ask him, you are, you're telling him you, he wasted his time in class. Because to him, he taught it well. So right. if you will come in and, and it's like questioning his, his, his prowess in his, you know, his expertise. So you don't go to him to ask him. You go to your fellow students and say, what, what did you get? What did you get? So you do study, study time together. Uh, so I go, oh, I'm not going to ask this man. What is he going to think? I don't care. I'm going. So I go to him. I said, Dr. Williams, can I? Sure, come. I said, man, can I, my, my classes, my grade is terrible in your class. <laughs> he looks at it, he says, sure is, sure is, Mr. Port. I go, yeah, so what can I do? He said, well, a good option is to kind of drop it or get an I, you know, incomplete. 
because you don't want to mess your grades up. And I'm like, I said, what, what are the other options? He said, well, and he looks up. So I didn't put this in the post. He looks up, up and down at me, sizing me up, right? And said, the next thing I'm about to tell you, let me see if you can do it. And he looks and goes, well, you could come to my lab. So he had these computers with all his old tests on there, tests from 1960s, from 60s, 70s, 80s, 95, because he's been at the school for so long. He said, if you come and look at my tests and pass them, you just might pass with a C. It's up to you, but you can drop it, Mr. Port. And he, you know, he tells me like that. And I look at him and I go, okay, thank you. Uh, I got in that lab and I just stayed in that lab. I stayed in that lab. I stayed in that lab from, from anytime I wasn't in class, I was there till he closed it. Even sometimes he would say, you know what? Lock this from behind and then you'll be okay in the front. Okay, man. Last day of school, you know, you, you read the story. Last day, classes, you know, took the exam, was, could understand everything now. Uh, Mr. Port, could I see you in my office after class? And I'm like, okay. I'm trembling. I'm scared. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? And he comes in there. He sits down. He puts his glasses on. He looks at me. He says, well, you never let anybody tell you you can't do something because you did it, Mr. Port. You got to be in my class. He says, I surely thought when you came here that day, you were going to get your withdrawal from my class. But you stood and you came and you persevered. Now, that challenge, that challenge, and many others were defining moments in my life where the, the, the D or F was at mid, after midterms, uh, I could have said, bump this. I'm going to go and take it again next. But I said, no, I'm not going to waste my time in here. I'm going to spend the time doing the work and, and taking the challenge. Yeah. In this time where challenges are many, when you can, you know, really roll up your sleeves and, and have a plan, have a plan that this is what I'm going to do. And when you execute the plan, I tell you, if I had failed, it, no, if I had made a final grade of a D or an F, I wouldn't have cared. I would have succeeded anyway, because I, I had a plan and I executed on the plan. So when you have this goal, that you want to do this or that and you create the plan thereafter and you execute on the plan and the outcome whatever the outcome is you've won you have won at that particular game and you can take Mm -hmm. the the experience of i'm low i'm down after a couple weeks a couple months i was up because i put in the time you can go ahead and do it with loss um teaching yourself a new language uh, trying to get in an industry you don't know about, go and study and come back strong. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that message because it's about the experience and the challenge. And, and in this case, overcoming the challenge, not the destination point and for so long. Cause you know, whether the destination is success or failure, it's temporary. Yes. You know, how many times is like, you're only as good as your last success, right? You know, it's like you just on to the next one, right? So even if you were incredibly successful, that A starts all over the next term, mm-hmm. right? You start mm-hmm. from scratch and you get to build yourself back up. So whether it's a success or failure, it's still temporary. So it's not about the destination. It's about the experience and what the experience warrants and, mm-hmm. and honors and, and gives you the opportunity for. And I think that that is, it is such a wonderful example of that. You know, and, and I, when I was listening to you, there was part of me that was thinking about a lot of kids these days. And I, when mm-hmm. I say kids, I mean, everything from the five-year-olds on up to the 30-year-olds, mm-hmm. you know, cause I get to say that now because, you know, at the age I'm at, I get to, I get to call the 30-year-olds kids. It's nice. Um, but you know, that it, how many kids these days would do the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of the kicking the can down the road. We'll just keep kicking the can down the road. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think one, we've been conditioned to comfort and, and security and, and, you know, not resiliency, right? I know our generational, our parents and our grandparents were there teaching the message of resiliency. 
you know, the parenting that has been given to the fives to the 30 year olds has been more about how can I help you do it? So you can Mm. be successful. Mm. So, you know, they may have quote unquote paper success, but have they actually, I mean, to your point, whether it's a success or failure as a destination, have they been successful in the try? Have they been successful in the resiliency category, Mm. right? In building those parts and skills within us that allow us to find the solutions and, and test ourselves. I mean, at the end of the day, you knew what you were capable of mm-hmm. that you didn't necessarily know before because you hadn't experienced that yet. Yes. Right. We don't know what we're capable of until we put it to the test. Mm. And so if we're constantly kicking that can down the road, Oh, I'll do it next week or next year, or next term or whatever we're telling ourselves, we never get to it. We never get mm. to testing our capacity. And when we don't test our capacity, guess what? That shows up in our confidence. The reason we're not confident is because we have confidence is only about experience. Mm. When I, you know, when people say, oh, I want to build up confidence and I'm like, then build up experience ah. and experience isn't always credentials. In fact, most of the time experience, experience comes from living, right? Not necessarily getting the credential that says that you're the expert in that area. Mm. It's from being in various you know, circumstances and situations within that area where you gain that expertise. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you know, anybody can jump on LinkedIn and go through a LinkedIn class and now all of a sudden get this certification as a LinkedIn, whatever, fill in the blank. And, and again, I'm not trying not to discredit the correct. value of it. Okay. I'm just saying, if correct. you're spending all your time doing that and no time out there, in the field, gaining your mm. personal expertise, finding out what you, your personal capability is in that area, then you really don't know what you're capable of. Yes. You may have a lot of credentials or letters after your name, but you don't really know what you're capable of. Mm. Both are important. Um, but at the same time, not equally so, mm. right? And, and so my message is really to say that, you know, get out there, try. It kind of goes back to the, just do it, right? We started in that. Correct. Place. And, you know, if there's something that's calling you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I love how your professor invited you into the yes. options. Yes. He started with the easy and then he presented the more challenging. Correct. And he was neutral in both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was not like, well, I think, you know, there was no way to tell which way he would have chosen for you had it been yes. his decision. Yes. And that's brilliant. That's great you know, that's, that's a great teacher right there. He was, I'm telling you, I am telling you, you know, um, Walter, Walter goes, if only it were that way here. So Walter teaches at Fuquay Verena high school, the newly minted Fuquay. And he says, I'm in the middle of the youth. I'm telling you since COVID, the push and perseverance isn't there. No, uh, let's, let's well, they're on. over, they're also dealing with a lot. And what I was going to say is, is that all the parenting, you know, we can look at the parenting, we can look at a lot of things. We can also look at the fact that these kids are dealing with a lot of stuff we didn't have to, you know, they, they are getting a bombardment of information. We didn't, we weren't privy to, right. So just with social media alone, just with the internet that we never had growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what's going on in the world. You know, we were kind of, it's like ignorance is bliss. Like it, we didn't know that there were bombs going off in other parts of the world. We didn't know. I mean, if you were there, you know, but yeah. you know, but, but you know, if it was just our pocket of the world, you know, it was, was it a safer place to live? I don't know, but it was seemingly so right nowadays. You don't, you don't just let your kids go you know, out in the morning and and you just expect them back at dusk. I mean, you know, it's like, you text me when you get there, you text me, you know, Mm -hmm. when, so I know every step of the way where you are. And so their kids not only don't feel like they have as much freedom to kind of find themselves just, you know, haphazardly through life, they have a lot more knowledge about the dangers and the, the difficulties and the challenges, and yet they're still kids. So developmentally, they've taken on a whole lot before their time. Correct. And over time, and, and that it's like sticking a hundred pound backpack on a five-year-old, right? As soon as we, we allow them to tap in to what's going on in the world, it's not like we're trying to coddle them, but there is a certain developmental stage that they get to just be kids. Like my daughter said, she's like, you know, mom, I'm so tired of worrying about this and worrying about that. I want to just go and be a kid. Wow. 
And that says a lot. And so there are a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, I'm certainly not, I think, like I said, there's always a reason for everything. You know, it's not mm -hmm. about judging and pointing fingers and saying, oh, these kids are just not as resilient as we are. True. There's a lot of reasons for that, mm. you know, and it doesn't mean that the reasons should be the excuses either, but we do get to factor those in when we're approaching it. And when we're approaching it first and foremost with our attitudes, mm. right? Because I see a lot of the older generation, you know, doing the, oh, these well, younger hurt. kids, instead of really trying to dig in and understand the reason why these kids are the way they are. And mm. how can we, like your, like your grandfather, like your, your professor, how can we help them along based on what their unique experiences have been? They haven't been ours. You know, they haven't been through what we've been through and we haven't been through what they've been through. True. Right? Uh, I, I think that the, also the flip to that is, um, that there are, I'm pretty sure, I know you're not saying all are, you know, all is like that, right? No, you know, I'm talking from a cultural standpoint, like correct, correct. social, social standpoint. They, they, there are, I, I don't have any empirical data. I don't. However, culture, certain cultures, I believe if, if, if there was a teacher on here, if, if I could ask Walter, you know, this was a time where I would love to bring in Walter here now and say, hey, Walter, and have a conversation with him right now, right? And look at the, the cultures, if it's the, the American, the Indian, the African, the European, you know, whatever it is, which cultures do you see coming in and doing, which cultures? And you would find out I will speak from my, from my standpoint. I will speak from my standpoint. I wouldn't speak from anybody's. I came from Liberia during the war, after the war. And I knew, and I knew what I didn't have in Liberia. I didn't have, uh, so perspectives, right? I didn't have the school bus to pick me up. It was my parents' bus. My parent, my dad had a, a Volkswagen. Oh, props to the Volkswagen bus. Um, three rows, you know, my boys who were going to school, Mr. Port's coming and he, they were running to their, you know, to come and get at least a car to take them and not go and fight with grown-ups who were going to work at the same time on the public transportation because you would get dirty and hit and do all kinds of stuff uh, before you get to school. So the hustle, the hustle was real, but luckily dad had a car. Um, we, we, yeah, it was private school, good, good excellent education. Uh, when I got here, I knew that universities back home were non-existent, right? Because of the infrastructure, uh, uh, the dilapidation of the infrastructure, dilapidation. I, <laughs> when I got here, I'm, I'm looking at the way certain students were in class. I mean, they, they sat in class with their feet up leaning leaning on the, the the chair arm and you know the professor's talking and they're don't and i'm like oh my goodness wow the professor is god in this particular setting right i'm like oh my goodness uh, i go so so there we go we got the empirical data and i wanted to say that but i didn't want to say it walter goes with the cultures i have personally dealt with First, I would say Asian will be the most disciplined, followed second by Ukrainian. So, and, and it's it's always- I would say Indian as well. Indian also. I was going to say Indian, and I will put Africans in there. Mm -hmm. Because when we do come in here, because <laughs> I'm speaking from my standpoint, we know where we've come from, and we had the conversation. We had the conversation. I'm going to turn it over to you shortly, that when the school, the bus stop, the bus stop changes from 900 to 905 on whatever street they're on because they cannot walk because they, they, they walk two steps prior and now it's 10, 20 steps. There's a whole conference on why it changed from 900 to 905. Why did you change the bus? Why did you change the bus stop? How about if the bus stops coming? What are you going to do now? How are you going to change? How are you going to adapt to it? So it's, it's the, these cultures, you know, when, what we're talking about in, in 
perseverance versus, you know, putting it in their laps. I'm saying to myself, if I had a, a government who gave me financial aid, and I don't like the financial aid thing, right? Because you come out, there's a whole lot of debt you have. But if I had a government that would give me free schooling, public schooling, at the level, at certain levels within this particular country, oh my goodness, that's heaven. Yeah. That's well, heaven, it, Tracy. It, it is. And there are cultures that have that. I mean, when I was studying in Switzerland, so I went to there you university go. in Switzerland. And, you know, that was really a great set point too, where I got to see more cultures, right? So there are certain cultures that tend to come and live in the United States. I mean, it's not to say we aren't all representative of all cultures, but we just see larger populations of certain, certain people in the right. States. I, I, up, up until the point, you know, I, I knew you, I've met a handful of African people. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and always at high levels, um, you know, like educationally speaking. Um, but I met a lot, most of my African friends came from my time in Switzerland, actually. And I was, you know, it was interesting. I, I thankfully, I didn't think it through ahead of time because I might, I might've backed out. No, I don't think I would have, but I chose to take all my, my, uh, third year undergraduate courses in French, right? So we had a choice as American students. There you go. We could be in, in another country and take classwork in English, mm -hmm. or we could be in another country and wow. take it in the language we had been learning, the secondary language we had been learning. I'm like, well, what's the point in going to another country and doing it in English? There's no challenge there. Mm. I'm not going to learn anything differently. I mean, mm -hmm. I'll learn from living in the culture, but Language wise, no, I want to challenge myself. So I find myself, I hadn't thought about what my requirements that year were. So my requirements going to, I went to a Jesuit school. Um, so I had my, um, my religious requirements and theology requirements that year. So here I am in these lecture, you know, classrooms, mostly with African students, mm -hmm. actually, a very large population of African students who all speak French fluently. <laughs> mm. I mean, I had been studying since I was in fifth grade, so I knew it pretty well, but I wasn't fluent. And I was studying theology and religion, <laughs> among other things. I took all my coursework in, in French, um, except for my German class, which I took in German. But it, it was a complete, I mean, I literally mm. thought my GPA was going to be in the toilet after that. But what I did learn, same as you, mm -hmm. is how to, you know, lean into my relationships with other students, how to yeah. be supported, how not to be that island, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, as always, as an, an American, you know, student, it was always my work is my job and me alone. And I am the island, right? Mm -hmm. I will produce my work. Mm-hmm. And that collaborative, you were talking about being collaborative. Oh yeah, all of that. That's the one thing I noticed. I'm like, everybody's in study groups. Everybody's studying together. Correct. And when I finally got into that, I'm like, why would you not do it this way? Yeah. This is like, makes yeah. so much more sense. Yeah. But, I, but I also feel that that challenge piece, the fact that I challenged myself, the fact, you know, at the end, I remember one of the university professor saying to me, because I was one of the few that did that. Most of the mm -hmm. Americans took all their coursework in English. English. And he came up and said to me, he said, he said, you have done very well for yourself, young lady. Mm. And he said, and I don't just mean in your grades. I, I have watched you and I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed wow. with your ability as an American, because we'd get thrown that all the time as mm. an American, like they expect, they don't expect much from us as Americans in other places. <laughs> If for those of you yeah. who don't know, um, you know, for as an American, you know, you have really shown, you know, your capacity. And, and I remember that being a, a, a very pivotal moment for me because I was getting recognition for something I was proud of myself for, but also, you know, in, in recognizing that, yeah, we, you know, we don't push ourselves much. Mm. We, again, I'm talking from a cultural gotcha. so social standpoint. Uh, and when our society also starts to lean into this idea of security and comfort, and, and I'm not saying from the point of view of like, so don't take my words and twist them, anybody, please, right. you know, that we're supposed to not look at, you know, making safe work environments and that type of thing. That's not True. what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is, is as a, as a general mm -hmm. idea, 
Mm -hmm. When we're seeking security all the time, I won't do that because it's not secure. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you need to make that secure for me before I'll try that. Or, you know, unless I can go with all my buddies, I'm not, you know, you know, going to try to push my capacity on that. Then we truncate our own ability to know Mm. what we're capable of. And Mm. that's where confidence wanes. So when people tell me they lack confidence, the first thought that goes off in my mind is you lack experience. experience. You lack experience in knowing your capacity. Mm-hmm. Your capacity is wider and larger than any space that you could be in, but you lack the awareness of what that is. Yeah. Right. So yeah. where can we test that? <clears throat> right. And it's not going to be comfortable and it won't necessarily be secure. Now we're not going to be doing dangerous stuff, Correct. but at the same time, you have to try you have to test and challenge, right? Mm. Those walls of comfort zone in order to test capacity. Capacity yes. cannot be tested in a comfort zone. It just can't. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, and, and I want to put a disclaimer to, to this. When we, it's not every American that's no. sitting back. No, mm. not I, at the, all. the country, the country is huge. So there are there are those of you who are on here who who are who are who not agree with us. Yeah. yeah, who who agree that you are not you're I'm an American now. Hey. <laughs> right? We Walter, the 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 the, the Roy, etc., Barbara, you're making moves in in your in your industry in wherever you are your purpose-driven lives you're making moves we're not saying saying that you know the general it's not a blanket statement right it's just what's happening with the level and even at the level with the fives and the 30s there are people in there who are moving forward who are pushing who are americans yeah who are doing excellent things but it's it's just i think that the culture the general sense of what the perception of it is you know we have arrived, we are there. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sultan, I think in Dubai, I don't know what his name was. He said, I, my grandfather rode a, a camel or my great-grandfather rode a camel. My dad rode something else. I'm riding a Rolls Royce. My son will ride a Rolls Royce. My grandson will ride what his grandfather then and his great-grandson will ride a camel because the great-grandson doesn't know what great-granddad did because it's sitting right in his lap going I got it I'm gonna have fun I'm gonna eat this I'm gonna ride this I'm gonna do but he doesn't know the work ethic on how did this thing come here unless that tells the next you know where we call the oral um, history you go and you tell the reason why we're here is because my dad did x and i'm doing x and this is what you're supposed to do passing it along the work ethic how to do it how to sustain it that is so important and and in our lives with our kids right it's me talking to my son you're first generation american I, I came to this country as an immigrant with 25 30 bucks in my pocket an i-20 form tuition paid uh and and hustled had the chance the option came where i was supposed to leave school because i didn't have money but i went to the provost i went to the to the uh financial guy and wrote a couple letters saying hey i'm a i'm an immigrant here and you know when i found my my grade you know i sent that i posted that my my picture of my transcript to yeah. all that story mm-hmm. when i went looking in there to find it i saw those letters that i wrote to wow. the various guys saying, hey, I'm, I'm dire straits. It's coming from the war. Looking back, coming from the war, the challenge that God allowed me to live during the war when I came to school with that challenge of, you have to leave the school. I'm like, heck no, I'm not leaving. What are the options here? That's because it. there is an not option. Giving up. Not yeah. giving up. So not you, giving up. Yeah. You have to look at what are the options, even in your depression, what are the options in, in this place where I'm on my knees, I'm at rock bottom. 
What are the options? Standing up. So you have to ask those questions to yourself, because I think we did, we did the questions asking yourself, being introspective. You have to ask yourself, what are the options in this case yeah. in order for me to get out of where I am? Back over yeah. to you, sis. I, I think that's, I was actually just posting something today as a response to a tag that I got on LinkedIn, you know, on a, on someone else's post mm -hmm. and, you know, and it was, it was about mental health, you know, and, you know, I was talking about the narratives we tell, right. It is so yeah. important, you know, we're putting more focus on mental health and the importance of mental health, but I said, you know, mental health is not its own part of who we are. Mental health is comprised of our physical health, our emotional health, our mm -hmm. spiritual health right? And, and, and that all affects our mental health. Mm. And so, you know, it isn't just mental health. What are the capacity or what, and, and what is playing on those things? What is, what is depressing them or what is challenging mm. them, you know? And because I, I said, there is a solution for everything. And if your narrative says anything other than that, and it's a challenge to believe that there is a solution for every, I don't care what it is, mm. there's a solution. Then start at least with, and I don't know mind, start neutral, right? If you can't say, I know there's a solution, mm. if it's too challenging, wow. start with neutrality. I don't know what the solution is, but I am going to work to discover it, mm. right? Mm. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to work to discover right? It, or if there is one, or it's keeping open, right? As long as we have, when somebody's trying to give you something like change, for example, and you're like this, can you take the change? Nope. Can you, you can't take the change. The change is going to bounce off your fist. You have to have an open palm to receive the change, right? <laughs> so in order to receive that change and, and shift in, in narrative, we have to be open. So mm. whatever that is that we can start at that start place that just do it spot where we can be open yeah. to a new narrative right because some of us were just made this way some of us were just oh really you're telling me i can't do it yep <laughs> i show you i came out of the womb like that apparently you know yep. and it's it served me well yes um you know, but not everybody is like that. Not everybody's temperamentally like that. And not everybody is, is conditioned to be like, mm -hmm. in fact, we're conditioned. You can come out like that and end up be conditioned the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we can start with neutral, right? We can uh -huh. start with considering that it is the narrative. It is, if we're telling ourselves there's a solution for everything, guess what? Where our focus goes is where our action flows, right? So when I'm focused on a solution, my mind, my body, everything's going to be geared towards believing that there's a solution, mm. right? And I'm going to find it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, wow. yeah. You know, so, so let's go to comments. Uh, we got Roy, you are an expert until you have, you're, you are not an expert until you have, you are an expert until you have successful, successful experience. Yeah, I think yeah, you, you can have the credentials. Like I could be a Correct. brand new teacher who has the credentials, who's never taught in a classroom. Albert goes, thanks for sharing. I also hear my overall response to a challenge not only impacts me in the moment, but also offers the experiences that I can look back on to build endurance and stamina to continue to move forward through future challenges. That is Walter great. goes, so Walter, I told, I told, I spoke about Walter's input on the cultures he's seen, the Asians and the Ukrainians. Uh, Roy goes, work ethic makes a significant difference. Mm -hmm. Achievement is so much easier. Uh, and Walter said he had mm -hmm. a scoot to go to his course, to do a course at Campbell. Uh, take care, man. But it's, I tell you, I, I'm going to say my piece and then I'm going to let you close this, uh, Tracy. Today was looking back. Right. I think that was, that's what it was looking, looking back, back to move forward to yeah. move forward. Yes. And exactly what I was about to say, but not in those words, but it's so important to take a look back, see where you are and create that plan to move forward because without understanding the experiences you've had, even if they have been pleasant ones, um, understanding what those were, what did you learn from them? 
how can you can you move forward with them? I think one of the main things I do is try to mentor because it's a legacy thing. It's anybody who, who I meet who has the, and that's what drives me, who has the, you know, head bowed down. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's, it's perspective, 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 perspective. You're in a country that has, you have options, man. You have options. So you can't tell me, you can't tell me black, white, Cuban, or Asian. You can't tell me that everything is, woe is me. I can't do it anymore. You, you can't tell me. You know why you can't tell me? Because when I, when I, I didn't have polish to polish my shoes to get on the plane. You know what I did, Tracy? You spit on them. <laughs> no, no. I took some Vaseline, dear. I wiped the shoes down and I put some Vaseline on it. You would never tell me my shoes were unshined, right? There are things you have to do. Nobody knows, but options exist. That's right. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm thinking of two things to close this out. And they're both other people, you know, Vanai Raman, who has been, you know, on here a number of times, mm -hmm. you know, he posted something about that very thing perspective today on LinkedIn, you know, so I think it's in the air, you know, we're, we're, we're picking up the vibes of where we're all kind of collectively thinking. Yes. Um, and then also, uh, you know, I think what you just described speaks, speaks to my very first conversation with a client today, where he said, you know, the 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 beginning of covid was a great experience for him as far as his business because it just shot through the roof and now he's starting to experience a downturn and he said you know what comes up always comes down but he says i'm not even looking at that from just the linear perspective he said you know i recognize with gratitude mm -hmm. that what i was the you know this is a step back this is a perspective step back time. It's a grace period, mm. right? Because during that upswing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. And as I'm growing, things are changing. And, and as they're changing, I need to shift my business operations plans, approaches, all of that to keep up with the growth. But because I'm so busy growing, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> so I have to kind of stop for a bit to be able to sustain what I have grown, to be able to get on top of the operations and the systems and all of that so that I can support that growth, right? So it's not really a, you know, like fall, it's really a, a, a grace period, right? Mm. To get your ducks in a row and to, mm. and he said, and for that, I'm incredibly grateful. I look back on, I am still much further beyond where I was two years ago, right? So even with this grace period of slowdown, I'm still much beyond what mm. I was doing before. And so I'm not falling backwards. I'm actually taking a step backwards to get perspective and to be able to take what I have learned and done and grown and work on making sure I stabilize that. Mm. And I think mm. that that's the piece we can always look at when there's, you know, cause we could, we think we just want to grow, 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 grow. Mm -mm. But that is not sustainable. It's, it's like a balloon. If it just, it would pop. Right. And yeah. our lives are like that. We're not, and no part of our human form is made to just expand. There's expansion and contraction, right? Think about how the heart moves and the lungs and every expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction, right? Muscles. So mm -hmm. muscles, everything, you know? And so it is, as we look at the patterns in life, so it's the story we give it. We would never give the story of, oh my God, all of the air is going out of my lungs, you know, in a bad way. I mean, it's necessary in order to take that next breath, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the way I'm leaving kind of as a consideration. Think about those contraction periods, wow. right? Where you can have gratitude and learn from what you have. I mean, building, you can actually build a lot of your own capacity for confidence during the contraction periods. Mm -hmm. But it takes both expansion and contraction to actually have that, to have the experience that then leads to the confidence that we all seek. Tracy Phillips, thank you. Will Winport, you're welcome and thank you. Barbara goes, you can have what you work for. Um, Roy, change is continual. I like Everything, that, everything comes in waves.
all so can solid we do this point. can we do this every day no <laughs> i know can you imagine what kind of people we would be if we if we had the the value of everybody else's you know yes, experience yes. as well yeah wow uh tracy see you in the next two weeks yeah. um you know praying all is well with you and to, to all of you really if if my conversations with Tracy, our conversations, if they are as written in this book, go out and get it. I tell you because I've seen a couple of topics. Let me just go through a couple of topics for you. I know it's over two o'clock, but hey, I run this. We run this thing. Um, setting the stage, waking up, soul role, the conditioned identity, living a least life building awareness, seeking engagement, accepting ownership, leadership development. I mean, come on now. Come on, get off this thing and go buy a book. Take Aww. care, y'all. Love y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all. Bye-bye.